Good morning. Hello, everyone. Welcome. It's such a pleasure to have you with us today. I'm Jill Engels, and I'm a spiritual practitioner for the Center for Spiritual Living, White Rock. Thank you for joining us today. Now, if you wish, I'd like to have you join me in just taking a moment to just, just breathe and take in this moment and turn within. Turn within to the beautiful love that is ever-present right here, right now. It is the very creator, the very creator that created each and every one of us. It is the living, living entity that is us, expressing through each and every one of us. What a beautiful moment this is to share together, to be together in community, guided by the boundless love that is ever present. So I welcome each and every one today through the screens, out into the community, to all, to all people. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So I release these words in deep gratitude to that aspect of the law that knows. And I say thank you. And I let it be. And so it is. So today, we have Theta Phoenix as our musician. Theta is a sacred sound channel, intuitive singer, songwriter, and recording artist whose angelic voice, intuitive shamanic music, and soul-inspiring lyrics touch people. She leads sound healing events using her powerful voice along with crystal singing. It's so beautiful to have you back again, Theta. Thank you. Welcome, Theta. Hello, thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here as always. I'm just gonna start off with a, just a momentary channeling of beauty to get in our hearts. Oh 
Oh, thank you, Theda. Absolutely beautiful as always. Thank you so much. Maybe you'd like to share with us kind of what's going on with you these days. Oh, <clears throat> anything specific? <laughs> yes, maybe you wanted to share your information like uh, in the chat where we can contact you, where you may be playing. Sure, yes. Um, I will be, I have a, a monthly event at Wisteria Acres in Fort Langley for those of us in that area. Um, that'll be later in July 19th, I think, or 24th actually. And um, yeah, so you can catch my events live. And I have a free gift um, as well if you're interested in some music. I'm a recording artist, so you can find me online as well. And I have um, a few beautiful meditation uh, music gift that I'm going to put in the chat that you can download if you're interested. Um, and that's also a way that you can keep in touch uh, with some of my events and offerings that are are going on because I send out an email once in a while. So I'll just put that in the chat. If anyone's interested, you can connect with me there. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Theda. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you. As we begin our gathering today, as settlers on this land, we are honored to live and operate on the traditional ancestral and unceded territory of the Coast Salish peoples. We thank the First Peoples who continue to live on these lands and care for them, along with the waters and all that is above and below. CSL White Rock is an inclusive spiritual community and learning center. We teach spiritual principles and offer tools in all areas of life regularly and consistently. Using these spiritual tools is a beautiful guide in our life. Our life flourishes and flows out of ease and grace when we practice these. So let's walk together on this spiritual path and walk each other home and all the while transforming our lives and the lives of others. Thank you for being with us here today. We are one and the same. How lovely and how true. Well, today, it's always a pleasure to have the wonderful Reverend Karen speak for us. Reverend Karen Wilson has been in ministry since 2008, and she's guided spiritual seekers throughout BC and Alberta, helping them to deepen their connection to source through the application of spiritual principles. Now she serves the greater CSL community through its interim ministry program. In addition, she is a member of its global themes team currently serving as co-chair for 2023, as well as the CSL events committee planning for annual and general gatherings through 2022 and 2023. Reverend Karen was instrumental in moving CSL White Rock to a vision-led community a very rich, nourishing experience. Thank you, Reverend Karen. It is a joy to know Reverend Karen and experience her enthusiasm and love for this beautiful teaching and all that it brings. With an open heart, please welcome Reverend Karen Wilson. Mm, thank you, Jill, for that beautiful introduction. And I'm just so Glad to be here with you and so grateful to meet Theta. Wow, 
such beautiful music. Um, reminds me of, uh, I think it's Satnam Kaur, uh, who's an amazing performer and you sound so much like her. You've got the similar energy. So I applaud your energy and, and delighted that you were willing to bring it into this community. So how beautiful is that? So we're, um, you, we, all of us, those of us who uh, subscribe to the global themes, and obviously I'm a big uh, proponent of it, um, you've been on a bit of a body journey for the last month, as far as I know. And uh, it's been complex, I'm sure, because bodies are complex. And I wanted to give you just a little bit of a review because some of you may have seen some of it, but you may not have seen all of it. So uh, let's just have a little look at what it is that you kind of went through. So in week one, you basically started to take a look at falling in love with your body as a temple of spirit, really starting to think that we are, you know, our body is our temple. And I remember long ago when I really started to think about that and I was having some body issues at the time and I thought, wow, am I really treating my body like a sacred temple? Is that, is that what I'm doing with it? I hadn't really thought about it that way. And as I started to literally embody that concept, my relationship with my physical being started to change. So that obviously leads into the next one, which was week two, sort of loving whatever body it is that you happen to have, to like it, to love it. Bodies come in so many different iterations, uh, so much diversity within our bodies in so many ways from what it can do physically to what it looks like from a skin tone Um our age, you know, whether we're one year old or we're 99, what does that do? What does the body mean to us? And so falling in love with our body is a huge part of our human experience. And then, of course, there's the relationship between the mind and the body. And that is a tricky one, often for many of us. And for those of us who have gone through any kind of trauma, um, trauma has a way of its own conversation with the body. So that's some of what we talked about last week. And uh, we're just encouraging any of you who may still be working with some of those things to just take a breathe out, you know, just really allow that extended out breath. And this is one of those somatic um, practices where you extend your out breath to be twice as long as your in breath. And doing that helps you release and ground into the earth and back into your body. Um, it allows those toxins to move out. So let's just do that together in support of that idea. So let's just breathe in and just breathe out. And you may notice when you come back to your breath that when you do that extended out breath, your in-breath becomes actually deeper. So you're supporting yourself in two different ways. So this week, what we're talking about is the one body. And this is sort of the whole idea about the body being a living communication device that's directly connected to source. Instead of getting into this idea, we are mind and we are body sort of cut off, which is so often what happens to us, I think, especially in Western society, we cut ourselves off at the head. 
we want to have that body integrated. So as we move into the concept of the one body, and Theta's music sort of touched on some of this, we start to see that we are more than the sum of our parts. And we start to begin to recognize the beauty that is already inherent. We're not thinking about it anymore. We are living it and embodying it. What that can mean is that we start to almost act our body if you think about it from a metaphorical point of view um, we start to act almost like a symphony you know with if you've ever gone to you know the orpheum or something like that or listened to a symphony but particularly if you've seen a, a symphony performed live it's astounding how many pieces there are the violin section can have maybe five or eight people just doing violin and there's not one, there's two different types of violins. And then you've got the piano, you've got the percussion, you have all of this and it's all together working in harmony to support each other in this one body called the symphony. Science has done an incredible job really of bringing us into a greater understanding of our internal symphony, the way that we can now see tiny, tiny, minute little cells all the way to larger, um, let's call them infrastructures, right? Like lungs and the heart that beats us. And then of course our brain, all of these things working together. And then there's that part of us, which is, um, the unseen, which is that amazing spiritual part of us that any, not anyone in science, but large numbers of scientists recognize that there is this something that we have yet to really be able to discover and may never discover and doesn't even matter. We just know that it's there and it is that unifying principle, that essence, that source that is already deep, deep within us and somehow it just knows how to communicate. It knows how everything works. So I'm not thinking about moving my hands. I'm not thinking about how does my voice work to be able to have these words come out. It's just happening as I have that integration between my mind and my body. It's truly miraculous, truly a miraculous experience. And so this idea that we have a body our physicality that is here for us. And yet there are times when we feel like our body is not really for us. Something happens and we, you know, stumble in some kind of way, physical way, not metaphorical, physical way, and something perhaps breaks. I had a opportunity to meet somebody yesterday who said that she had a, I saw her and I'd just seen her like two or three weeks ago. And healthy, whole, complete, all of that. And this time, she had a um, a brace on her leg. And it turned out that she'd fallen in the bathtub. What's interesting is that she um, got out of the bathtub, believed wholeheartedly that she had a sprain, but the pain was not going away. And so eventually she listened, the communication piece, to her body and lo and behold, she goes to the doctor and she finds out she'd broken her leg in three places, three places. And so now they're in the point of fixing that leg. Science is miraculous. 
So here's another story, which I also find interesting. This is my partner who uh, back in January broke his, um, tore his Achilles tendon. And even though it was a complete tear, the body is such a miraculous thing that without any surgery at all, the little parts that are his Achilles tendon slowly, carefully, and de with determination found each other and knit back together. I don't know that any science can tell you how this happened, but somehow those two pieces know that they belong together and the body just miraculously takes care of it if you give it time and nourishment and energy. This is truly miraculous. And so to be able to take the time to recognize that our body really is already whole. It's already at any point in our experience, at any point in our expression, we are constantly evolving, constantly changing, and yet we have everything we need right in front of us, provided we are listening, to begin to provide and support the body that we have. Ernest Holmes was amazing because he saw everything as aspects of spirit, absolutely everything. And one of the things that I noticed about that is that that meant that there was no separation. So science, medicine, all those other things, they're not separate from any of this. All of those things, science, medicine, are part of. And so they too are divinely guiding our future experience. People are living longer than they've ever lived before. There are still tragic things that happen in the world, and yet we are finding ways to improve our lives and expand our lives and support each other. And this is the way it works, no matter what body we are talking about. So I want to shift a little bit away from just the uh, physical body into that idea that um, we are living in a bigger body than just our physical body. When we only think about ourselves and our own individual body, we can get a little bit mm, ego focused. And us humans, you know, we like to think that we're separate and we like to think of ourselves as cut off at the head. In fact, way back in the Renaissance era, there was this idea of the body politic and very much the head was the body and that head was usually male and a king, etc. So there was this top-down idea of the body politic, but again, it was a body. So we can get caught up in thinking that we know it all. But if we look and drop away from our individuality and our firm grip that everything is possible and we actually know everything, we can start to see that we're actually one piece of an even bigger body. I know you and White Rock are engaged in a lot of conversations around the idea of community and what is community and what does community look like? What does this spiritual community look like? What does the community of White Rock look like? What does, you could say, what does the nation of Canada and that community look like at a global level? 
And here's where it gets really interesting as we start to recognize and see when we pull our lens back that we are that spiritual broadcasting station, that collectively there is this expression of a community that is already being expressed and we can sense it before we even um, can necessarily articulate it. There is a ecosystem in a way that is already either in balance or asking to be changed or moving through some kind of experience. But each part, like that symphony with all those violins and percussion instrument, the conductor, you know, we're talking about a head here, but let's just say the conductor is our mind, um, is sort of saying, oh, wait a second, you know, the horns over there, they're a little bit off. Can you kind of, um, you know, regroup a little bit so that you're more in harmony with what our objective is here? And it gets, you know, we pay attention. We pay attention to what those little pieces are that are happening. So if we pull back our lens even further, we can start to talk about other ecosystems. And it's a very popular term that's used now. In fact, uh, Microsoft, for example, talks about ecosystems a lot. The software industry is that ecosystem because there's so many different pieces and so many different parts that go into creating that whole um, computer environment that we now live in. And of course, there's the natural ecosystem, the environment itself, our earth, our planet, and all of the pieces that are connected to that. So we've got this dialogue that's happening, whether it's at the environmental level or whether it's at our individual level, we are working all the time to try and create that beautiful balance, not so much maybe to create it, but to recognize the balance that is already inherent within it as it continues to evolve. That's the fascinating part because the evolutionary part never goes away. It never goes away. I don't believe that evolution began, you know, 2000 years ago and right now in this moment, there's just no evolution happening. Like that was something that just happened and now it doesn't happen anymore. Of course, it's still happening. If it's a principle, it must still be happening. We may not be able to see all the minute details. And yet when we look closely, of course, we can tell it's always happening. It's always happening. At the individual level, when we engage in that internal dialogue with our bodies, we're kind of doing the bodybuilding for the mind we're starting to figure out where am I going wrong? Where have I gone off kilter? And how can I bring myself back into that state of wholeness? How do I move myself back into that state of wholeness? Not that long ago, I had an experience where I realized I had frozen shoulder. And literally, I think my thinking had just gotten so frozen and so fixated on one thing during the pandemic that I blotted out everything else, including any conscious realization of my body and what it was or mostly wasn't doing, which was moving. And lo and behold, I ended up with frozen shoulder. And so this year I've been very much focused on the body, very much paying attention to what my body is asking for and really trying to refine all those tiny little tweaks. Am I paying attention to what it wants in terms of food? Am I paying attention to what it wants in terms of water? Am I paying attention to what it wants in terms of movement? Am I paying attention to what it wants in terms of sleep? Am I paying attention? 
breathe in, breathe out. And when the body feels like it's getting the attention it's asking for, it's so happy, so happy. So I was on a really good track for a while, paying really good attention. And I woke up one morning, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm back, I'm back. This is incredible. And then I got so excited. What did I do? I regressed. I went back to my old habits. And lo and behold, ended up kind of back in the same place. I think it took three weeks. <laughs> so now I've got to listen again, right? But this time it won't be so difficult because I proved to myself what it was that I needed to do to listen to my body more deeply. And it was very gentle. It was persistent and consistent and it required those things. But what I saw was the wholeness of my body that wanted to be expressed. I was giving it, it permission to be expressed simply by listening. So my whole body, the one body, was unified until I forgot, right? And then we go back and we begin again. We go back and we begin again. We are constantly evolving, as I say. So sometimes you have other things that are happening when you don't pay attention. Maybe you have a headache and the headache, as you think back on it, is actually because you didn't want to go to an event. Sometimes that can happen. It's like, I've got a headache. I can't go to the event. But actually, when you really think about it, you realize three days prior, you knew you didn't want to go to this event. And then lo and behold, you have a headache and now you've got the excuse. But your body was already giving you that signal. You just, you ignored your intuitive sense. You ignored your intuition and your body listened to your intuition and said, yeah, you're not going. So it's so fascinating the way it works. This divine mind is always working with us and always supporting us. And it's up to us to sort of listen and take that in. It's a huge part. So I want to go back to the, um, I want to go back to the rainforest, to the ecosystem, to the idea about the environment, because sometimes a lot of that is hidden. And I think there are some really good clues in there for um, why we, that we're no different than the rest of the universe. So one of the things that I've learned is that our bodies also have an internal um, toxic uh, checkpoint reset. And that tells me that it knows that there are to there's toxicity in the world. And it knows how to get rid of that. And the two bodily pieces, the two organs that we have as humans that know how to do that are our liver, one, and our lungs. Our lungs filter the air for us and our liver gets rid of toxins. And I used to think the liver just got rid of the junk that we took in. But in fact, even if we are absolutely healthy and only ever ingest anything that is good for us, there's not a single human body in the world that doesn't have a liver. We are born with that liver. So that means that we are already physically uh, supported in our whole beingness to continue to be whole, to accept that, yes, there are toxins in the world and we know how to move it out. And so does the natural world, exactly the same thing. 
But if you go into the ocean, and that's such a mystery for so many people because we don't scuba dive, we've never actually gone into the ocean. If we go into the ocean, it too has all kinds of filtering and supportive systems in it to keep the ocean itself healthy. Things like, for instance, the humble little sea cucumber. Apparently, the sea cucumber is super important, spends most of its time in the sediment, and it chews up and cleans out. And one sea cucumber can clean out as much as 100 kilograms or 100 pounds, 45 kilograms of stuff in, in the course of a year. Just one little sea cucumber. And the soil or the sediment is cleaner as a result. And there are other animals like man manta rays, apparently. They have cleaning stations that they go to, and that's what they're called in biology, cleaning stations. And they go to these stations, and there's all kinds of other support structures there in terms of other living ocean life that's there to take care of the manta ray, clean out it, the inside of its mouth, clean out its gills, take off barnacles, remove this, make sure it has that all in support and there's a sunfish that goes up onto the onto the uh, sand beaches itself essentially for a period of time an albatross comes down and works with it to clean off whatever parasites are there and make sure that it stays alive so no matter how we have this whether it's going to our community and helping our community, our practitioners support us and cleaning off whatever toxic ideas we have. That's one way that we do it as human beings. We do it through medicine. We do all these things. And the idea that I really want you to know and to hear is that we are already whole. And when we know that we are whole, when we know that we are connected to this one body, what happens then is that our intuitive sense guides us to the next best right action. It guides us to know that, you know, chopping down all of the trees in the Amazon rainforest probably isn't going to help with the bigger picture. It guides us to take care of our ocean and remove our plastics. It guides us to support our bodies in healthy and whole ways. It guides all kinds of things that we can be this healthy and whole um, creation that we are already born here to be. We have so much to offer and so much that is joyous within us. Already, already we have this. So I'm going to close with just saying um, a little quote from Mark Nepal, who wrote this amazing book called 7,000 Ways to Listen, because that's really what we're asking is to listen to ourselves and listen to our bodies. And he says, how do we begin then to inhabit our destiny of being here? I believe it starts with reverence and listening, with honoring every bit of life we encounter. And so with that, I invite you to just be with me for a moment and just breathe in, recognize how that feeling of that in-breath fills and animates all parts of your body, the cells, every part of who you are. And just recognize and know that there is just this one mind, this one body, this one expression and I choose to call it source. 
I recognize and know that it is operating in and through absolutely everything and operating in and through me and all those around me right here and right now. And so today I celebrate this beautiful, amazing, physical body that I am in, knowing that it is exactly in the right place at the right time. That precisely all the parts that need to be awake and alive are exactly that. That I am moving in divine harmony with my body. That my body is a divine outpicture and expression of spirit itself. I know this to be well, and I see this to be true of all those around me. I celebrate and support spirit as it lives in and through this physical essence, this physical beingness, knowing that all is one, that all things are happening, and that we are divinely connected. I celebrate this. I am grateful for this, and I allow it to be so because it is. And together we say, and so it is. Gratitude. The law of circulation is in constant movement, giving and receiving. The more good that is given, the more good that is received as a demonstration. This is how the law works. The richness and abundance of life naturally unfolds as our experience. And for this, I am deeply grateful. If you are comfortable, I invite you to place your hand on your heart and take a breath of gratitude. This beautiful, boundless place. When thinking of gratitude, I recognize the unlimited love and spiritual abundance that is available to all of us. As we continue to learn, to grow, and live by this beautiful teaching, we become more and more aware that we are divinely guided. We are divinely guided to love more and to be more. Love becomes richer and richer as our hearts open and our journey on our journey of self-discovery. With an open loving heart, we give thanks for all the gifts that life continuously demonstrates in our lives. And so it is. If you wish, please join me in demonstrating gratitude by making a donation to CSL White Rock. If you choose to give regularly, please join our committed giving program. All of this information can be found in the chat. I am very grateful for each and all of you being together with us today.